the stepping of this man, Luke Johan. Bounce off from McNulty, and away he goes! Harry McNulty! Knight gets away, Knight up to the 22, he won't be caught! On this episode, we have a very special guest who may not be related to Rugby Sevens, but is one of the greatest ever to play the game of Rugby Union. His list of achievements is absolutely unparalleled, with the longest place kick and drop goal in World Rugby history, alongside having the greatest goose step. He has also won the World Cup with two different countries, and is also the world's greatest rugby influencer, with over 200,000 followers on both Instagram and TikTok. His list of best friends is absolutely endless. It is, of course, the one and only, the rugby guy, a.k.a. Jared Harris. Welcome to the pod, Jared. Hello, hello. Well, I think you had the goat last week, and now you've got the goat goat. So you, I mean, how how have you done that? Two weeks in a row, you pulled up, um, pulled up two gems. And uh, we're going to have to stop the podcast after this one. I don't think we can go any higher after this. No, I think yeah, it's it's downhill from here. But anyway, let's uh, let's have a bit of fun with this. <laughs> the worst thing is, it's only Dad, Luke's dad, that listens, and he doesn't have a clue who both of you are. So you know, uh, <laughs> I mean, that surprises me because I'm very very famous. So <laughs> age demographic, I get it, I understand it. How are you doing, and where are you calling in from? I'm very well, thanks. I'm calling in from sunny Devon. I say sunny, not very sunny today, but. Um... Yeah, South Devon, Newton Abbott. Very nice. And uh, what have you been up to today or this week? How's it been? Busy week? It's been a busy week, yeah. I was with um, Harlequins on Tuesday. Sweet. I'm doing some stuff. I did some stuff with Tommy Allen. He missed four out of five kicks, which was really <laughs> embarrassing. Um, and we had a bit of Italy banter, as you do. And then yeah. I went up to Saracens yesterday and did some stuff with Manu Vinopolo. Nice guy. Um, he was slightly better off the tee. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And then today's just a, a bit of a chill day. The the wife's off, so we're going to go and have some lunch a little bit later, which will be good. Amazing. That sounds like a class week, that does. Yeah, it's been it's not too bad. Got Leicester next week, too, which will be good. I've got uh, Andre Pollard. Oh, sick. That so is two class. of the greatest hens to ever play the game. They've both won World Cups. Yeah. Going to be together kicking. I mean, it doesn't get better than that, does it? That is peak social media content. That is <laughs> that is that is top of the mountain. You've worked with Andre before, haven't you? I have, but it, it, there was this awkward because he had no clue what I was doing, and I was obviously having a bit of fun. So his reaction in that video was, I think it was genuine. Like, what what is going on here? Because I was trying to tell him how to how to kick a ball when obviously he'd done it for South Africa many, for many years. <laughs> and his facial expressions were like, what is happening here? But um, since then, yeah, we've, we've chatted a few times and, it, and he does get it now. Oh, that's good. Well, we're going to talk about that later in the pod, like how players and clubs react to you going in. Obviously, some know who you are, some don't, but we're going to talk about it a little bit further down the line. But what we want to start off with is, is I guess, your rugby background and your journey, well, initially through rugby, and then we'll talk about how the rugby guy came about and, and the growth of social media. So if you want to take it back to the start and uh, give us give us the full the full goo. Okay, take it back to the start. 1988, the year I was born. Now, um, 
So I got into I got into rugby. I grew up in South Africa, um, and in South Africa, it's well, it's a rugby mad country. So I was obsessed from a very early age, and um, I remember being seven, and it was the 1995 World Cup, a home World Cup, and just the buzz around that. It was just so amazing. I remember. I still remember every single game. I remember staying up late watching some of the games, and um, the World Cup final was. For me, very inspiring. It's um, Joel Stransky hitting that drop goal. And it wasn't just that. It was as soon as you left your house after the World Cup final, the streets, people waving flags. It was just incredible. So, um, yeah, from that moment, I wanted to be a rugby player and and ended up playing school rugby and then went to, I uh, was very fortunate, I went to a, um, a, a nice, a good rugby school and... Um, I was I was one of the, one of the best players to ever play there. A lot of people are saying that. No one's saying that. But I enjoy. <laughs> I very much enjoyed my rugby. But it was a school where um, rugby was very much a big deal, and you know we'd have sing songs on a Friday, and uh, getting ready for a Saturday match. And yeah, it was still the dream to go on and play rugby. I, I ended up having a gap year after school, came over to England. Sunny Paynton in Devon. Wow. And yeah. yeah, yeah, of all places. And then um I was meant to go back and, and study, but found a girl, settled down, just relax. Did that for a couple of years and then and then after I mean that all ended and then it was too late to go back and study. So I ended up staying in the UK, played a bit of rugby at an okay level, but it was um I was always injured, Mr. Glass. So yeah, that's that's my rugby history. I played a bit of professional rugby in Italy, but it's Italy. It doesn't really count. <laughs> That's pretty sick. <laughs> you're well. You're in. Uh, you're in good company of the Glassmen. Uh, our very own Chris Chris Knight can uh, fully feel your pain from that point of view. Um, going back to the school, these. Um, I'm sure you've seen these school videos from South Africa of the songs, the music before the games. Was that kind of like what your school was like when they have like the trumpets, the drums, and everything out, and just the whole school watching watching the home games? Yeah, it, it was compulsory. If you didn't go to a, a first team game, you get detention. No way. So, yeah, genuine. So um, all these kids are there under under duress. That kind of changes these uh, kind of changes these videos on social media now. <laughs> yeah. So half half the school really really wanted to be there because it was all about vibes and getting stuck in. The other half were there because they had to be there. Okay. Um, okay. But, and you could you could sneak off if you were clever. You were a little bit in the older age groups. You could sneak off and you could get away with it. But yeah, it was it was it was compulsory. But the sing songs, I loved it because I was good at rugby and all the cheering was I was on the field, so it, it felt like it was all for me. But we'd on a Friday, um, we'd they'd just go randomly. Okay, well, two hours off school, we're going to go to the to the gym hall. And we're all going to practice some sing songs for Saturday. Class, and, uh, yeah. Class. And we just go through, and there were drums, there were trumpets, there were all sorts. So, yeah, amazing. I, I definitely miss schoolboy rugby and and the atmosphere. That's mad. It's mad that they force people to go. I wonder if the Ospreys can do that to up their crowd. <laughs> if you don't come, you, you, you get a fine. That's the only way they're going to increase attendance. And um, what um, what position would you be playing at? So at school, I was a, a 12. I know a lot of people laugh when I say 10 slash 15, but I was actually a 12. And that's why in my videos, you can see that I'm very, very skillful. Um, so I was a 12. 
And then after, and, and I was a 12 when I came and played club rugby. Um, and then I moved, I moved to the back row. But as you know, now I do, uh, I've got a decent kick on me, so I could do a job anywhere in the back line. Unreal, unreal. But, the, <laughs> but if, I'm, if I'm honest, the majority of my, my playing career was in the back row, mainly number eights. And are you still playing? I'm not, unfortunately. I've, I'd love to get back involved, but it was just, it was the week before lockdown where um, I was meant to go to a Six Nations game. And well, it was, it was an England game. I was meant to go to the game and, and the club I was playing for at the time said, please, we just, we need a back rower, help us out. So I was like, okay, I'll give up my tickets and I'll go and play against Ivy Bridge on a 4G pitch. And uh, chucked a little goosey, tried to go around the outside, and I just went. I just heard a snap, and my Achilles snapped, and that was um, the day the day before the whole country went into lockdown. So, yeah, after that, I've it's got a lot stronger, and I'm I'm now really quick again. But I don't want to risk anything, especially with having two young kids and and um, my wife that pretty much does everything anyway. It's it would be tough on them for me to go away and get an, pick up an injury. So. I'd love to get back involved in some way. Yeah. But I don't know. If, well, maybe I could play on the wing. I also feel like that's the one position where I've seen most people do their Achilles as well, though. So, uh, yeah, yeah. Um, fuck, that's a nasty injury, that is. Yeah. Yeah, when you have the most powerful goose step in world rugby, it, at some point the Achilles are just, you know, they're not going to be able to take it. And it seems like 4G pitch, the perfect combination, perfect storm. Yeah. You know? Yeah, and the thing is, I I'm the first to admit that I'm 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 not normal. I'm not natural to be this size and to be this quick and to have a step as deadly as I do. It's not natural. So, like, you look at Manu and he picks up little injuries here and there. He did his Achilles. I put myself in the same sort of bracket as Manu. We're both extremely powerful, extremely quick, and extremely talented. Mate, you're talking to a bloke from South Wales. I know plenty of people who aren't natural, you know? <laughs> I swear the majority of the population down here is not natural. Speaking of natural, are your calves natural? Uh, yeah, na <laughs> because they are. I mean, I could look at those all day. They're beautiful. You never see big calves on a racehorse, mate. You never see big calves on a racehorse. That's all I'm saying. Did you ever play sevens at all in your career? Yeah, I was a quality sevens player, yeah. Naturally, yeah, really naturally. Yeah. Uh, no, it was, it was only at the end of end of school years where they'd have a couple of sevens tournaments and we'd go down and, and play. I was always in the side because, again, I was powerful, I was quick. But um, no, not really. I didn't, I, I didn't really get into the sevens. I played with a sevens player that you two might have um, played against, Kyle Brown. Yeah, no, Carl yeah. really well. He's great. Yeah, man. so he went. Yeah, he is. He's a lovely guy. We went to the same um, boarding school. I'm not doing the old friends thing. This is a true story. And he used to spend his life in the gym. He used to like we used to have a little gym in the in the hostel. He used to spend his life in the gym. But he was a um, a wonderful person and a great rugby player. Yeah, he's uh, he's a quality man. He's um, I've played on the same team as him once before, and then uh, also been. Uh, uh, coached by him as well but yeah he's a great man we're going to jump into the social media side so where did the journey of uh coming to the rugby guys start where did it begin yeah so it was um i was working in a warehouse at an online retailer and it was at a time where video was first um coming in it was when brands were first starting to use video to promote 
uh, their brand. And they got this production company in and they got loads of actors and actresses in to see if they could find someone that could do some of their video stuff. And just randomly, they said, go down to the warehouse. We need a few extras just to come and help out. And so they asked if anyone wanted to do any, wanted to come in and be an extra. So I was like, yeah, I'll give it a go. So I went and sat in and I just, I was just myself. And, and afterwards um, we spoke to the production company and the comp the, the um, online retailer I was working for spoke to the production company and they said, well, there's no point in getting, getting an actor or an actress when you have someone that can do it down in your warehouse. Um, he's, it's going to need, he's going to need a bit of work, but he'd probably be able to do it. And then we just went from there. So I started doing, doing a few videos, a couple of boot reviews. Now, if you look at, I'm, I'm not going to encourage people to do it, but if you look at some of my old boot reviews, they are, Awful, really, really bad. Um, <laughs> check, check out this boot. It's blue. They were awful. But anyway, um, I, I then moved up in the world. I then went to the returns department and I started um, working there. And then it was just a couple of months later, the guy who was running running the social media and the marketing for rugby went on his honeymoon, and they needed someone to just come and help out with social media. And they were like, well, you're doing our videos. Why didn't you come and help? So I went in and that's, that's how I guess the marketing and the social media side started. And then it was, it was a football and a rugby company. And we had a, a, a guy in who was brilliant. I still talk to him um, now. His name's George. And we got some football influencers or creators in, and I couldn't believe how much they were getting paid. I couldn't, he was like, yeah, one video, uh, 10 grand. And this was some years ago. And I just couldn't believe it. I was like, how, how, but it's one video. And then he explained it to me and he said, well, you're doing videos with players. You're doing boot reviews. Why don't you set up your own page? You've got the content there anyway. Just reuse what they're using on, on their page and put it on yours. And I thought, oh, okay, well, that's, that's not a bad idea. I'll give that a go thinking uh, it'll pick up a couple of hundred followers here and there and, um and here we are today so i i have george to thank for that good man george an incredible story was there like a point where you realized oh this is you know you said oh, a couple of hundred followers was there a point where you're like oh wow i can actually see potential this to grow and i can actually see this becoming kind of a, 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 an area where i get full full-time in income and did you ever think it would get to the level that you're at now no, I, I didn't because at the time I was I was happy with what I was doing. I was I was running the marketing and the social media and just having this on the side. And and by having this page, it was helping pro promote um, the brand. So it, it, I didn't think anything of it really. And the the two kind of helped each other. And then it was only after lockdown. Well, when we we went into lockdown and I was furloughed at the time, like a, pretty much everyone in the, in the country was. Um, that was my chance to really just have a bit of fun with it and show a bit more me rather than check out this product, check out, go and check out the latest boot, which it was before with a little bit of a fun spin. But I thought, well, this is the time where I can just be myself. I can start handing off the kids in the garden and we can start <laughs> doing it. <laughs> um, and yeah, that was really, it, it was, Jesse, my younger son, he kicked a um, a place kick through some Lego blocks. 
Yeah. And that was one of the first ones that really went went big. And then I yeah. thought, okay, well, I'm still recovering from an Achilles injury, but I can run up. I can I can try and run a little bit. Let's see if I can hand them off. And then I did that, and and then it went crazy. So. But yeah, at that time, I still, I, I didn't think anything of it. I just thought it's bigger numbers. This is great. And it was only after lockdown where I, I, I took the page and I went solo. Um, and my good friend Clive was my savior, really, because I'd lost my job. I didn't know what I was going to do. I applied to be a postman. Okay. So, true story, I applied to be a postman. I had um, one of our friends had an inn at the post office. So I was like, okay, it's what's going to keep me fit. I'm, why not? It gets me out in the sun. and um, Legs look and, great in the shorts. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and, um, and, then, and then I just, I, I got in touch with um, uh, an old friend of mine, Clive, who I didn't know very, very well. You both know Clive. Um, yep. I didn't know very, very well at the time. And he said, well, well, let's just see what we can do. Let's give it a month. Let's give it two months. Let's see what we can do. Um, I might be able to help you out here and there. And it very quickly became, um, yeah, became a thing. We became a, a, a team and, yeah, haven't looked back. So I have George to thank for the page, but I have Clive to thank for um, it becoming a full-time thing. Class, mate. Class. No, I love that. And this kind of goes back to when we spoke to Alona last week and she said one of her secrets is just be yourself, just show your true self. I think you know, you've just echoed that. So it's great to say there's some consistency in that. But Clive, for people who don't know, Clive is Clive Stewart-Smith, isn't he? Ex-Gloucester player. What, what, what a man he is. He's a great guy. Um, if you do come across him, though, he'll be the first to tell you how good he was at rugby. <laughs> he's one of those blokes. He doesn't. He doesn't stop going on about how good he was at rugby. So, um, no, no, Clive, I'm obviously only joking. Clive's Clive's a great man. Yeah. Well, Clive saw potential. He saw the world's potentially the world's greatest influencer, and he's like, I want a piece of this. This, I want to be a part of this. And fair play to him. Um, he's picked a winner. He has indeed. That is class. Um, <laughs> if. Um... If I was to ask you what's been your favourite moment since kind of that leap from going out on your own, meeting Clive to today, do you have a favourite moment that pops into your head? Either someone you've worked with or a video or somewhere you got to go? Is there something that just jumps straight into your head? I'm, I'm very fortunate. I When I first started going and meeting players and going to call a bit, I was like, how is this happening? Because I'm, I'm a rugby fan, first and foremost. I'm a rugby fan. Um, I've been obsessed with the sport for so long. So when you when you meet your heroes, it's a massive thing. I've calmed down a little bit now. I, I play it a little bit cooler now when I when I go and meet players. But then I'm but then I'm older than a lot of players now, so it makes it slightly easier. But um, the 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 best moment for me was meeting Brian Abana because Sick. he was someone. Yeah, he was someone I, I I basically worshipped as a kid. He doesn't know that. I won't tell him that. Um, yeah. <laughs> if, if you're watching, I'm only, <laughs> Brian, if you're watching or if you're listening, um, I'm only joking. But um, yeah, he was someone. He was someone I looked up to, and I went to Cape Town. It was a, a family trip. I went to Cape Town, and I was speaking to Adidas at the time, and I said it would be great to do a couple of things with with your athletes. Brian would be great. I'd love to to race Brian, and. I went to meet Howie from from Adidas, and Brian was there. 
and I was like, "Hello, hello, mate, how are you?" <laughs> still, still playing, still playing it cool. We'd, we'd interacted on social a little bit, so like, um, but I, I was still trying to play it cool. I was like, "Oh, hi," and then we had a few drinks, and he, he was honestly the nicest, nicest guy. Um, he was. We, we were talking about how we don't have any cameras. Uh, we'll have to go off the phone and we don't have a venue. And he was like, don't worry, I'll sort it all. I'll get Newlands booked out. I'll, I've got a drone. I've got cameras. I'll sort it all out. It's going to be great fun. Let's do it. That's so cool. Like, I can't believe this is this is one of my childhood heroes. And he's going out of his way to to help me out. So, um, yeah, that, that was for me. That was the that was one of the highlights so far. That's amazing. I can imagine most uh, rugby fans listening to this, that would be a highlight of theirs as well. That sounds class. That is absolutely incredible. What a guy. What a guy he is. You've obviously worked with a lot of professional rugby players, professional rugby clubs. There are players who get it and there are players who don't. How do you find that balance? And have there been any moments where you're like, oh, this has not gone really well at all? Or, you know, what is the general consensus among when you go into these clubs and you meet these players? Do most of them get it? Or is there a sort of parity between the two? It, it's it's difficult because it's almost frowned upon. It's almost frowned in, in the rugby community. It's almost frowned upon. I mean, even grassroots levels, when I used to do it going into my change room and I get my phone out, people would be like, Oh, Instagram is it? Oh, oh, TikTok, and, and it, people. So, so you feel silly for for doing it. So, I can imagine just by players going out and and doing stuff for social, they're getting they're getting grief going back into the change room. So, I know there's a lot of players that want to get involved, but they don't want to they don't want to get the stick from their teammates. But there are some some people who get it, um, and. Uh, you you can usually tell straight away whether they they're, they're up for it or they're not and i'm pretty good at reading reading whether they are they're up for it or not and and if they're not then i'm not going to push it i'll just do the bare minimum whereas if they are another example is aaron smith aaron smith was like amazing amazing he he wanted to we had him for 20 minutes and he probably stayed there i mean you were there 90 40 minutes he stayed there for he kept wanting to do more and then afterward um after we'd finished about 40 minutes or 30 minutes with him he'd written down loads of q a questions to ask me and he asked if we could do an additional video so which which is amazing and it's always great when a player gets it um but it can be slightly awkward when when they don't what was the what was the very first time you went into a team or with a player like um kind of like the first time you got to do those videos? Do you remember back to kind of that period? Yeah, I do. I I went in it was again a, a Adidas shoot and it was in in at, at HQ in Manchester and I went down. I didn't write my own questions because the guy who was in charge was like, "No, I'm writing the questions." I hadn't seen the questions before. So I sat down, I was doing an interview, which is out of my comfort zone anyway, because I'm more short form and like having a bit of fun. So I sat there I, and and I was so focused on the next question. I wasn't actually listening to what they were saying. I, yeah. And I was asking questions that I, I, I had no interest in. And I remember saying to George Ford, I was like, look down, what, what's it like working with uh, Dave Alfred? And he was like, what? And I'm in, in my head, I'm like, I don't even know who Dave Alfred is either. So you, you're looking at me for advice here. And then 
And then it was only the next week when we were looking at the edit, um, someone who knows a lot about rugby came in and looked at the edit. And he's like, you know, it's Dave Alred, right? One of the greatest, yeah. like Johnny, Wil- Johnny Wilkinson's John kicking Wilson's coach. Kicking you know coach. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and, uh, and that's why it was forward. It took him, took him about 20 seconds to work out what I was, I was trying to say. And then to be fair to him, he went with it. But um, yeah, I, d- I didn't enjoy it at first. And, I, no. and to be fair, I still... I still am not a fan of of interviewing players, especially yeah. players that don't get it, because there is that that awkwardness and that pressure. Um, yeah, that that pressure. If if there was one, what we could give you one player right now, um, potentially if Habana might be done, so that you would just like to interview, you could just have thirty minutes an hour just to ask every question you ever wanted to ask them. Who who would that be? Great question. Uh, outside of social media, it would de- definitely have to be Skulk Berger. Skulk Berger yeah. was was one of was when I say Brian Abana was my hero. He was my backline hero. Skulk Berger was my my forwards hero. I I grew up. Um, I played in a similar position, although I was a uh, a centre for a lot of my playing career at school. I was always at heart. I was always a back rower, and I loved how Skogberger chucked it about. So yeah, if I if I could do something with him, and apparently he's a great great bloke. I've never met him, but he's meant to be a, a fantastic bloke. Class. Obviously, you've got yourself to a stage now where you, you're globally renowned as the goat. Do you find there's a there's a pressure to post, and how do you balance that content creation and obviously the family life? You have two kids. You have you have a wife. How do you balance that? And do you feel like you you do have pressure to post sometimes? Yeah, I do. Yeah, 100%. Because you, you want to, at the end of the day, it's my business. So you, you want to keep the engagement rate high. You want to keep followers coming in. You want to keep your audience um, entertained and happy. So there is, there's, I definitely feel pressure. But there are times where, you know, you have to have a word with yourself and say, look, if you don't post for a day, you don't post for two days, it's not the end of the world. Your content, especially if it's going well at the time, it will keep going well. People aren't going to unfollow because you haven't posted for a day or two. Because um, there are times, and I'm, I think about it all the time. I have two young kids, and I'm on my phone all the time. I mean, when, when I'm, especially when I posted a video, for me, the the first hour or two, it's the most important with engaging with people and replying to comments, replying to messages, um, and the prime time is between 5.30 and 7 for my page. And that's sort of when they get home and, and it's time for them to have some dinner and go to bed. So I do feel like I, I get that wrong sometimes, but I, I, I'm, I'm aware of it. I'm working, I'm working on it. So I'm, I'm trying to get that balance right. Uh, as soon as I, know, I realize I'm doing it, I put the phone down and I, I spend some time with my children. But yeah, it's, it's not easy balancing that that's that's completely fair yeah i understand that and, and me and luke also obviously not to your extent but know the pressure of social media and, and sometimes you get caught up in oh this hasn't done well and trying to overthink it sometimes so yeah I, I feel you there and how does your wife find it all obviously you know she works as well how do you how do you have that balance she in, she enjoys what i do she's she's happy that i'm happy with what i do but she um, doesn't find me funny and she doesn't, <laughs> she enjoys the video. She's like, oh, is it featuring the boys? If it's featuring the boys, oh my God, it's 
so beautiful but she's uh, uh, she'll watch my videos and, and she pretends so she she'll watch my my stories and i could see on her face that she's like this is just you so i'm like i get this every day other people <laughs> don't get to see this every day but i do so this isn't necessarily funny for me but then after about 15 stories at the end she realizes it's finished and she goes oh, oh it was it was really good uh, so um oh brilliant <laughs> No, but she's very, she's very, very supportive. I'm, I'm away a lot on the weekends with rugby, rugby games and, and going to events. Um, but uh, yeah, we, we have, we have a good balance because I, I do all the school runs. I spend a lot of time with the kids that way, um, and then she's very supportive over the weekends. Behind every goat, there's an even greater goater female. She is the real goat. Here's the real go. In terms of you got your kids involved, did you have that conversation with her? Were you a bit sort of nervous to do that? Or was that something that you like, we're just going to see how it works? It was It was something that I was doing anyway. I was handing off my kids from a very, very early age. Um, I've been tackling them. It's, it's part of um, grow, growing up in a household <laughs> where your father is one of the greatest rugby players to ever play the game. You just got to get stuck in. Otherwise, you you don't fit in fit in in the family. Uh, obviously, I'm only joking. I didn't force them into it, but yeah, they um, they loved it, and they're all they were always saying, "Dad, please can we play rugby in the garden?" And I was handing them off, I was tackling them anyway. So I thought, why not get it on video and just <laughs> and see if people enjoy it. And people will say I went a little bit hard on them, but not at all. They loved every minute of you. you could see their faces in the videos, and, yeah. and then people say, "Well, you're only taking on six and seven year olds, or at the time <laughs> three and four year olds. You can only beat what's in front of you, and exactly. that's two on one, two on one." And I'm still coming out on top. <laughs> they barely barely laid a finger on you as well. So exactly, you know. they're your offspring. They're the future goats. So you know, if anything, they're incredible athletes. Exactly, my children, my rules. <laughs> and no, so my part, my partner, she's never had an issue with that. She finds it. That's the only thing she finds funny about me when when I hand off the kids and the kids enjoy it. Oh. <laughs> In terms of then, like a bit of a normal week for you, what what does that look like at this stage? Normal, it 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 varies depending on on what's on, what sort of rugby's on. Um, at the moment, it's it's school run in the morning, which is great. Um, I'm very fortunate that I get to do that. And then I come back, I check emails. I um, speak to Clive, my good friend, Clive. I speak to him probably three times a day. He's always on at me about new ideas, which is great. Um, and then do a bit of filming if I have any ideas on the day. And then research. Research is key. So I spend about four hours on Instagram slash TikTok in, in a TikTok hole. Yeah. <laughs> Watching nonsense, <laughs> trying to get inspiration. And I'm telling everyone that that's worked. Now, obviously I'm busy on some days, but there are days where you just have, you have hours where you sit there going, right. How I've, I'm not inspired at the moment. Let's see if I can, I can be inspired, um, find inspiration. But um, yeah, it, it's it's completely completely mixed at the moment. Then school run, and then a bit of time with the the kids, and then post time is normally about five thirty to seven, and then that that's about it. It's it's no nothing special. Sounds ideal. Sounds class. 
Uh, that was going to be one of the other questions was how did you come up with the ideas? Uh, all budding young creators just going a TikTok hole and uh, something will come to top tip. It's yeah, it's it's mainly it's shower ideas. Shower. When I'm in the shower, that's when I come up with the majority of my ideas. I don't know if anyone else thinks like that, but it's yeah, shower same. Yeah. or run. If I got if I'm struggling for ideas, I'll put my headphones in and I'll go for a run, or I'll go to the gym, and uh, that's that's when the ideas come, and then you start having having a chuckle to yourself, um, and that's where the idea starts. Clash. In terms of behind the scenes work, you do all your own editing. You know, give people an idea of what goes in behind the scenes and the amount of work that you know they perhaps don't see. Yeah, I, I mean, a a one minute TikTok video when I'm filming it myself, it it can take up to. I mean, when I was doing the uh, three fun facts, for example, three fun facts: England versus Scotland in the Calcutta Cup. That can take me up to three hours. That one minute video to do because I'm, I, I'm, I need to get the shot perfect. So I've got my facts. I'll do one fact and I go, oh, it's not quite right. So I'll go again and I'll go again. Twenty minutes later, finally got my shot on that on that fifteen second piece, and then I move on to the next, move on to the next, and then you're adding pictures in the editing. I mean. As you guys know, the editing—it's not just—it doesn't just come. You've you've got to um, put some time into it. So yeah, it, a one-minute video could take twenty minutes, but it could take three hours. So uh, I don't want anyone to feel sorry for me, uh, but it is tough. It is really tough. <laughs> no, it, it's not as easy as people think. Because I think I think people do think that. Oh, all you do is film a video and stick it up. It's, but it's it's not that easy. The the thought that goes into it, the planning that goes into that video, I don't just come up with these things just like that and go, all right, cool, I'll film a video right now. It's time that goes into thinking of it, um, writing it down, getting it filmed, getting it edited, and then coming up with a, a plan of when it's going to go out, Um and and what platforms it's going to go out on and what text we're going to use and so it is time consuming but i love it i love it i'm sure you 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 do yeah i'm sure you both do too yeah i love it as well it's uh i like the process of it and then yeah particularly if something goes well uh it's a class feeling um equally it's annoying when you do spend three hours on something and it bombs out as well but it's what it is yeah. Are you are you obsessed with in the first hour you'll pretty much know if it's I mean there's exceptions of course but in the first hour you pretty much know if it's going to if it's going to go well or not because the the algorithms take over I guess but yeah do you uh, how how do you feel for that first hour uh no I'm I'm exactly how you described it I see that as like a really important part of it um getting the engagement going back to it I even think kind of less than an hour you can tell how it's going to go like in the first like five ten minutes uh for me anyway in terms of the numbers I get if it shoots up over 100 200 likes in that first five ten minutes you you pretty much guaranteed to be on to quite a good one um but equally if it doesn't do that in the first five ten minutes you're like oh no it's it's lost from the algorithm already and it's not coming coming back anytime soon yeah it, it affects me massively well massively i i'm obsessed with it and especially if i know it's if i put a lot of work into a video and i know it's a video that people will love because i, I know my audience and i know and i i can't understand 
why it's not being shown to more people because you can see the likes to views ratio you can see that it's actually going pretty well but it's just not being pushed out to more people and that for me is like why 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 are they going after me why does instagram hate me but then you you (laughs) soon get soon get over it but that first hour for me is is quite quite stressful because i'm i just i want it to go so go well like i say especially when it's content that i feel like people will enjoy yeah, hundred percent. I'm the same. I I often have a feeling if something is either gonna do well or not. But I had one video the other day, and something like sixty percent of the people had saved the video, not even like viewed and liked it. Saved the video, and it still bombed out at like a couple of like I think got to about six hundred likes or something. And I was like, this is exactly what it sounds like the algorithm wants, and you've still not shown it to loads of people. And then that that's that's been a couple of times where I'm just sitting there like, geez, like what is what's the point? Like Yeah. And then you post a video which is like your phone clip for ten seconds, no editing, and that goes off. You're like, what on earth is going uh, on? It's yeah. it's the worst when you go on TikTok, especially TikTok, because TikTok is it like how how do you understand TikTok and the algorithms? It's you you can try and understand, but as soon as you think you've got it worked out something changes and you're like well this is what used to go well now i've got to move i know it's ever changing but you'll spend i'll go to an event and i'll put uh, i'll spend hours filming and putting something together voiceover and i'm like this is this is gonna go really well and i put it up and it goes okay and then you see another creator and they put up a five second of something that just doesn't make any sense it's it's nonsense it's got three point seven million views, and you're like, uh, "What's the point? What is the point?" <laughs> no, hundred percent. TikTok is a funny, funny environment for that, but I do love the app. I think it's class. Yeah. What I wanted to ask is, while we're on the subject, you've done some pretty cool edits in terms of the trick shots. How do you do all that? Are you allowed to share your secrets? Uh, what do you use to do all your editing? So I'll tell you where I got my inspiration from. <laughs> from the man that I'm looking at right now, Mr. Luke Trahan over there. He's very, very good at editing. I saw his videos back in the day um, of loads of loads of you in the same video. Yeah, yeah. That's one, of the, one, first, that's one of the first ones we ever posted, yeah. Yeah, and that, that would have been, I think, Lock- before TikTok was even, even a thing. Well, maybe when TikTok was just coming in. I think so, you, yeah. Yeah, you were the first person I saw do it. Um, and then I've seen loads of people do it since. But yeah, that you inspired me, sir. Oh, amazing. That's class to hear. Well, hopefully yeah. we get to do some filming together that uh, those kind of videos can be top of the list because I, I enjoy making those. They're off, They're like, a, again, they can look simple, but they take a bit of time to get right. And um, yeah, that was probably why I did them in lockdown when we had the whole time to do everything and get everything perfect. Yeah. But yeah, and no, I enjoy making those kind of videos. I, I say I enjoy making those type of videos too, but I would say that, but... Um, those are the only videos that I haven't edited. Those were Clive. I, so I, ca- I can't take credit because we we came up with the the, the dropkick idea. I, you haven't done. I haven't directly copied your video ever. Have you no, done no, that you have. 
No, I haven't done this one, but me and Nighty were talking about how you did it and would have done it as well. Um, okay. But no, I was, I was very impressed because when I chatted to Nighty and he said you did all your editing and I was like, that's not like the easiest thing to one film in the right manner, but also edit it because it looks perfect. So uh, no, I loved it. I thought it was class. But no, I haven't done anything. N- not one quite like that, no. Okay, good. Uh, no, I can't take credit for that video. That was Clive. Um, he will take credit for about ninety-five percent of my content. Uh, we'll, okay, we'll jump. We'll <laughs> we'll jump on a call, and I'll come up with all the ideas, and then he'll go. We've done it. We've come up with some great ideas there. <laughs> I'll go. Sorry, what? Excuse me. And then he'll tell everyone that he's the brains behind the rugby guy. But yeah, I will uh, credit where credit's due. He edited that video. So you doing yours then just, so you think of the idea, you film it, just edit it straight away. Um, you doing that on your phone using laptop software, but you don't have to tell us your secrets, but what's your kind of no, workflow pre- with all that stuff? Yeah. Premiere Pro, I am i don't know too much about Premiere Pro. I know the very basics, but the basics can can get you through. And anything I don't know, I have, um, I have a, a, a friend or some friends that can help me out, or YouTube. YouTube's great. Um, one of my friends that I used to work with, he's an amazing editor and videographer, and he he's self-taught on YouTube. So you can learn absolutely everything on YouTube. So if there's anything I don't know, I just just pop to YouTube, and yeah, everything's on Premiere Pro. I use a bit of um, Premiere Rush on my phone, which is yeah, which is the app version, um, less complicated. So I, I use that every so often. But yeah, it's mainly straight onto the computer. I, I transfer everything from my iPhone to my computer, and then it's straight. Um, sorry, I pass everything from my iPod. Let me go again. <laughs> so <laughs> not seen an not seen an not seen an iPod an for I, years. An iPod. Also, you can't film in an iPod, can you? <laughs> no, no. That was always the problem with it. Yeah, <laughs> Mate, that's that's what makes you the goat, though. You can film on objects that don't have cameras. You can exactly. film on an iPod. <laughs> that's exactly it. Yeah, so I, I take everything from my iPod. I damn it. No, I iPhone. I film it. <laughs> Right, I film everything on my phone and I transfer it to my computer and then my computer to Premiere Pro and then I go from there. Oh, we got there in the end. <laughs> Quality, yeah. I was, I'm the same on uh, Prem Pro and again, I learned everything on YouTube. Uh, that, kind you? of spa- that kind of space of editing on YouTube is a very competitive field of video. So for those creators to get big, they actually give unbelievable amounts of insight into how to do these things um so yeah, i'm the same anything i don't understand just jump on youtube and uh, just take it from there yeah i'll ditto that as well 100 percent. youtube is is the way forward if you don't know anything just get on there there'll be someone no matter how weird there'll be someone to answer your question on youtube yeah. but it's not just videography is it it's absolutely anything you can find on youtube anything anything um yeah which was part of the reason i started putting rugby coaching content up because I was like, oh, you can learn anything on there. Um, and I wasn't overly impressed with some of the videos that were on YouTube during the lockdown. And I was like, oh, like it's not great rugby educational um, videos. Obviously, there's loads of people doing it now, but that was kind of the driving factor around. I was like, look, I've I just learned to edit 
on YouTube in about three days. Like you should be able to learn how to play rugby, how to kick, how to sidestep, how to pass, that kind of stuff. Um, and yeah, no, I think YouTube's the the future of just people watching TV like in the evenings and stuff. Yeah, I totally agree. My my, we've got Sky. And my children do not watch any of the channels. We've got the kids' channels. They don't watch any of them. They only watch YouTube. Yeah, I think that's the way it's going. I think it's going to be huge in 10 years' time. Right, Jared, you've been lucky enough to meet some of the best rugby players on the planet currently. A lot of very good friends, but we're quite interested to know who is your best friend. (sighs) Put me on the spot here. Obviously, you two are my best friends. Yeah. If I had to choose one, I couldn't. I, I just couldn't. I couldn't choose one out of the two of you. But if we had to go like a tier lower than that. Give oh, us a, uh, give it. So you got a dinner party, obviously me and Nighty are there. And then you got three other best mates you can invite. Whichever three best mates you're inviting. Okay. Or, or like a MySpace list. You remember you used to be able to put, <laughs> you used to be able to put like your top one, two, three, and people could yeah. see who your real best mate was. Do you remember that? Yeah. yeah. Um, okay, yeah. three people to a party. Yeah. First one, uh, well, we won the World Cup together, so Sia Khaleesi, of course, is Great my best start. friend. Yeah. Great start. Uh, and also the stories he would tell. Just, I, I find his, his whole story so fascinating. But forget that. I'm not. I'm not about. He's he's just one of my best friends in the whole wide world. So I'd invite him. Uh, Hoggy, yeah, Stuart, Stuart Hogg, one of my best friends in the whole wide world. We were actually we had some beers last. Uh, no, I can't say that. Can I say beer? Yeah, we had beers last weekend. It was his last game at Sandy Park, and uh, things got a little bit loose on the dance floor. I think we're at one point it was 500 miles. There was a bit of like um, jazz fingers, bit of um, you know the 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 fisherman where you reel where you reel. Yeah, I, re- I was reeling him in all night. I was reeling him in all night. So yeah, he would bring a bit of fun on the dance floor. And then I've got look. I've got so many. I've got so many. I'd probably say. If he if I left him out, he'd be the one that's most upset. So I would say Jack. Jack. Yeah, Cole. that's a great yeah. dinner party list. That is. It is. Uh, I know. I know. Brian. Brian Abana would be very upset about this, but maybe we could. Could we have an extra? Could one of them bring a plus one? <laughs> uh, yeah, one of them can bring a plus one. Okay. Yeah, we'll we'll let you go over that. Habana's in. I was going to say, on the um, nightclub moments with Stuart Augie, do you have many moments like that? Or is there any other like pinch me moments? You're like, what the hell is going on here? No, but but you saying that brought up some some horrible memories. So when I was in South Africa, I was at the same the same nightclub as the Harlequins boys. I was at the same hotel, same night, and I've I, I don't ever want to be seen as that nose. Because I'm already stepping on people's well, some players see me as stepping on their toes because I'm creating rugby content, and that's that's for them sort of thing. So um, I, I try to keep my distance, and if there's a player that I know, then I'll say hi, but I'll I'll very soon back off. But after a few beers, I'm I'm not very good on the beers. I get I have about four, and then I just things go go a little bit crazy. So on the night, I remember telling. Um, Liner, young liner, how I his his dad was 
um, someone I watched back in the day and what a lovely young man he was. And if my boys can grow up to be half the man that he was, <laughs> then I would be super happy as a parent. And I woke up in the morning going, I mean, Caden Murley, I was, I was saying, I saw you down at the pool, Caden, and you had your shirt off. I was going to get in the pool, but as soon as I saw you, I was like, nah, I'm not taking my shirt off around him. He looks great. Stuff like that. <laughs> Where it got to a point where Caden was like, "Yeah, no, I'm, I've I've got to go. I'm just gonna, okay, see you later." <laughs> so yeah, there are moments there are moments like that where I come across players, but um, and I, I usually get the beer for, for the next three days. <coughs> Excuse me. But yeah, Hoggy was Hoggy was a um, slightly different one. It was that he was just about and. We had a few drinks together and then we just let loose. It was at Sandy Park. We let loose on the dance floor and it was good fun. I might post a video when he retires. I don't want to embarrass him now, but there's a couple of videos floating about um, that that I I could I could release, but I won't. Uh, that'd be class. Jumping into um, some other things you're very well known for, obviously the Goosey being one of them, but being, one of the, being the longest kicker in the world. Uh, what's the longest, what's kind of your measurements? What's the longest drop kick you can hit? What's the longest off the tee you can hit? That's a great question. Um, current records, current world records, and you'll probably find it in the Guinness World Records. Uh, place kick, and Nighty, you were there. Uh, I think it was you filming. It was, it was. 73 metres, and people say that's impossible. Well, the footage doesn't lie. The, the footage is right there for everyone to see. So 73 metres, drop kick is 68. Slightly okay. tougher, yeah, yeah. Because I had, yeah, I'm getting a lot of height on that too. Really, I should, I should work on my technique. Do you have any tips? Right. Just well, sounds like you just need to uh, keep your head down, and um, you, you're quite humble. You haven't mentioned it, but I know both these attempts were into into headwinds. Like he was telling me about those. So maybe try kicking the other way, and then that could be another 10, 15 meters at least. Yeah, the um, the place kick. I don't know if it's on the footage, but I had about four studs missing on each each boot. It was very windy. I was struggling with a calf injury on the left. I had a hamstring injury on the right. So look, uh, it, it it wasn't easy. I don't want people to listen to this and go, oh, it was so easy for him. It wasn't kicking that. Um, <laughs> first attempt two, and could I have gone further? Yeah, there was about 10 meters on it. It's the same as when Usain Bolt broke the re- hundred meter record, wasn't it? He did it at least three, four times because, uh, yeah, he gets a paycheck every single time he did it. So why why go full full goo straight away? Exactly, and similar to me, it, it was effortless, and it's like he wasn't trying. You had a couple of ex pros around as well, and you didn't want to, you know, embarrass them too much. You know, George Greig and Tommy Bow, Sam Warburton. You didn't want to show them up. So I, I get it, you know. I wanted to impress them, but not too much. I didn't want to embarrass them. I wanted to impress them, but not embarrass them. And I, I, I thought I thought I got it right on the day. So next time we're filming, let's go for 75. Let's go for 76. But that'll just be me me just having a kick about. Um, I don't know if it's an official record. Do you think they can go just from that video? Or do you think they need someone to come out? <laughs> Should I drop them a message? 
<laughs> Drop the message. If they if they if they can't trust those rugby players with that much uh, experience behind them, then who are they going to trust to give an honest opinion of how far that was? So yeah, I reckon have a word with them, and yeah, they've probably already get the got the ball rolling on it. I reckon. So many, there, there are so many haters and so many doubters out there saying that clearly isn't seventy-three meters. But I, why, why would I lie? It's not. Why would you lie about something like that? You wouldn't. So there you go. How do you deal with those haters and those those people who doubt the goat's ability? In the words of Taylor Swift, the haters gonna hate, 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 and the players gonna play, 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 and I'll continue to play. And they can continue to hate. Wise words. <laughs> fun, fun fact: Me and Tate actually used to date back in the day. <laughs> which album? Which album are you? Uh, you kind of based off of twenty-two. You know the song twenty-two that was sung about me because every time she was with me, she felt younger. Because um, I brought that much energy to the party, but yeah, it just wasn't to be. It didn't work out. We both moved on. I'm happy for her. Uh, I think she's doing great things. I'm doing great things, and she's happy for me. And and um, again, that's really ridiculous. And I don't know where I was going. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm sure some of that will make the cut. Nighty no, can work his magic on that one. I'll leave that one in because it's it's, it, it's gold. You're obviously also known as having the best goose step in world rugby, and you often let the goose loose. What is your Best tips for people who want to aspire to have as goose as good as yours? It's a great question. And I've got three simple steps. Okay, first step, you're going to need a high jump. A really Marcus Smith does it really well. He's, he's got that jump, whereas with a lot of players, it's very subtle. It's almost like a stutter step, but you need a very high jump. Um, secondly, you're landing, but you need to be explosive off the landing. But most importantly the head movement you've got to really whip that head back because people when you're defending and I know a lot about rugby don't listen to the professionals I know a lot about rugby people are looking at your face and if your face is back there and your head's already two meters in front you've already gone around them so those are my three simple steps high jump explosive head movement which is the most important when it comes to a goose step Unreal. Like you're gonna have changed changed lives, rugby careers off literally twenty seconds of podcasting there. Like what more can people ask for? Uh, the the goose step craze is kind of taken over. Uh, am I gonna take credit for that? One hundred percent. Definitely gonna take credit for that. It's weird that when I when I go to a stadium, half of it used to be you're that guy on Instagram. Now it's half you're that guy on TikTok and half it's the goosey guy. No one knows my name. They don't know the rugby guy. They don't know Jared. It's just, it's the guy who does the goose. It's the goose step guy. I I have more to me than a goose step, people. I think you can fully take the credit for it though. If you put, well, from my experience, if I put any video that even remotely includes a goose step in it, I guarantee I'll have about 15, 20 comments just tagging the rugby guy, rugby guy, thoughts, rate it, rugby guy, rugby guy, rugby guy, TikTok, Instagram, everywhere. So um, I think, yeah, there's definitely more to you, but I think you can take full credit on the goose, the goose being let loose. It's a blessing and it's a curse because, look, people acknowledge that I've basically created the goose step, um, but it's also a curse because people think that that's all I do. But 
really, I'm, I'm a model, I'm an actor, um, I'm a dancer, I'm a triple threat. <laughs> I am a triple threat. And people don't see that side of me because they just see me as the goosey guy. But there's more to me than just a goose <laughs> <laughs> You talk about when you go to the stadiums, obviously you go to pre-match, you get a lot of people coming up asking for photos. Is that surreal to you? And, and how do you find that? It's madness, absolute madness. I've not, let's be honest, I've not accomplished anything in rugby. I, I've I've not played, for, well, I say I've played for England, but I've not played for England. I've not played international. I've not even played club rugby. And... It's it's madness. It's crazy. There, there's times where there's queues of people trying to take photos with me or trying to do the goose step or people who want to talk to me. And I just do not understand it. It's I know we live in an, in, in the social media age. And but for me, I, I just can't get my head around it. It's so cool. I always I always um spend time and especially with the with the youngsters, because <clears throat> excuse me. I I imagine how it would feel for my two young boys to meet Mr. Beast or to meet people that they watch on YouTube. They it would be you know they they would be in their element. So it's it's very cool to see. Um, but yeah, massively surreal and just madness. Unreal. Would you have any? I'm sure there'll be be people who follow you listening to this. Is there any tips you'd give? younger players who are maybe looking to take the leap into the social media side of things as well? The biggest bit of advice I will give you is to just be yourself because people can see through, through content when, when you're not being yourself. And, and I think, I think it's important. I think when mine really took off, when, when I was allowed to be myself um, and there will be times where where people won't get it and people won't understand and you've just got to understand that you're not for your page is not for everyone or you're not for everyone and that's okay but it is very important to just be yourself at all times and stay true, true to yourself awesome was that too was that too nausy no i like that no that is that's quality quality that's that's really good i think um uh yeah i completely agree with you people see through through a like a facade or a, like a fake act like so easily um but yeah no i think that's quality advice and i, and I say that but i'm the guy telling <laughs> telling people that i get 73 <laughs> meter drop calls and, <laughs> and and i'm the greatest goose stepper in the world but you know what i mean this is yeah. this has always always been me i've i've always i've always enjoyed making people smile making people laugh um ever since i was at sort of high school and this is this is how i've always been and what i've always enjoyed doing so it's no different you you can speak to my friends and this is how i am day to day an idiot <laughs> and we're grateful for it now you can't please everyone and, and i think that's a, a really good one to focus on is if you try and please everyone you'll you'll just end up never being satisfied so it's it's sticking to what you're good at and, and and being happy with that and you know people like you for who you are so really good advice there Jay. There there will be there there was a guy who put something on my page recently. I don't get a lot of hate on Instagram. Um, TikTok it's slightly different because loads of different people are coming to your page. But someone just put on someone who follows me and has been following me for some time. I restricted him because he wasn't very nice. But I thought I'm not going to block him because give him a chance. And he put on, this is really boring over it now. <laughs> I was like, 
<laughs> why are you following me? Why Why are you... You won't go to someone's house and go, oh, I don't like that sofa. I don't like that piece of art. You just go, I'm not going to say anything. I'll think it. But when I leave, that's it. But so who, people feel the need to go on your social media platform and tell you that they don't like your video. I, I just don't, I don't understand it. Um, but yeah, he's recently been blocked. <laughs> <laughs> the the one that always gets me i don't know if you've seen it it's only on tiktok i still can't get to the bottom of it if someone can get to the bottom of it please tell me anytime i put any drop kick video up i'll get like the number of kids that will comment on it just go ahead and knock on and i'm like at first i just thought it was these like it's like a funny joke from like 12 year olds they're trying to bait me but it's gone on for like a year and a half two years i can't get to the bottom of it i don't know what's going on um so yeah if anybody can work out what these uh, kids on tiktok are on about please send me a message i'll send you a running plan as a way of thanks <laughs> but then if you think about it at first you think that that must be people that don't understand rugby but then they must understand rugby because they know what a knock-on is. Exactly, which is why I thought they were trying to just like have a laugh, have a joke. I was like, ha, ha, ha. And then uh, even on, it happened on one of the more recent videos I did and I just asked them, I was like, what is the chat around this knock-on? And they've not replied. So I'm still left without an answer. So yeah, if anybody knows the answer, send in. I've never come across that on my page. So maybe they are just trying to to reel you in. And they have reeled you in so much they've so that me. you're talking about it on a podcast. I know. They've got me hook, line and sinker. <laughs> I've even asked all the boys like, and yeah, no one can work out what it is. So yeah, very, it's a, it's a niche joke that thousands of kids on TikTok are in on. <laughs> very niche, very niche. Before we finish up with some quick fire questions, we want to ask you, what is the goal for the rugby guy? I guess short term, you've got the Rugby World Cup coming up, but longer term, do you have anything that you'd like to achieve or accomplish? Yeah, I, I, the Rugby World Cup is going to be a busy year. Hopefully nothing, um, I've got nothing sorted yet, but I'm sure something will come up for the Rugby World Cup. And then, then we move on to a Lions tour and I'm hoping Gats isn't the coach and I can be on that <laughs> tour. <laughs> And then we move forward to the next World Cup. And if any team, I mean, I'm happy to play for Namibia. If, if Kenya make, I can play for anyone. I'm eligible for most nations. And then, <laughs> and then I'll probably look at retiring. I'll be 31 at that point. <laughs> and, and I'll look at retiring. And I want to go out on a high. So 31 is probably the right age for me. So look, I've still got at least another four years in me. Um. But yeah, just taking one step at a time until we get to that that next World Cup in twenty twenty seven. Unreal, unreal. <laughs> but if you if you want a, if you want a serious um, answer to that, it yeah, just seeing how it's going. I, I know I can't be kicking seventy three meter drop goals or seventy three meter place kicks for the rest of my life. At, at some point, I'm going to be that old guy. So I haven't quite worked it out yet. Um, I, I'm I'm working on a sort of YouTube slash TikTok roundup show with a with a fun spin. I, I, I don't really know how it's going to work yet, but I'm throwing a few ideas around at the minute and, and try and do something a little bit different. But yeah, I'm very much aware that that the rugby guy has to evolve because I'm not getting any younger. I'm 29. No, actually, from what I said earlier, I'm, I'm actually 27. 
<laughs> yeah. Wink, <laughs> wink, wink. <laughs> but, uh, no, no plans at the moment. I'm just, I'm, I'm riding the wave because this is all very unexpected. The last, the last three years have, have been crazy. Um, and I've enjo- enjoyed every minute of it. So I'm just enjoying it at the moment. No plans, but we'll see what happens. Why? Any advice? Any advice? What do you think I should go into? Maybe, maybe reapply for that post postman job. <laughs> just be a yeah be a postman and then uh, you just deliver a video which is in nft format and just one lucky person every day gets an nft which could be worth you know how much money in 15 20 years time i think that's the next move exactly i am basically a postman already because i deliver amazing content on a daily basis <laughs> <laughs> am i right oh there we are I think you should take a position of goosey coach of the Lions. Yeah, I, I just got to get everyone on board with, with my style of goose because I've taken it into a professional environment before and I've been laughed at. But <laughs> my my goose is the future and the sooner people get behind it, um, the, the sooner the Lions can get back to winning ways. Let's be honest. Yeah, that could be the difference. That could get them over the line this time. I just can't see it happening if Gats is in charge. You know the history we've had. If you've if you've kept up to date with my page, well, through the last Lions tour, we have we have serious beef. Um, so if he's in charge, I can't see it happening. But maybe after that, a couple of quick fire questions. Uh, um, which sevens team would you like to play for if you could pick one of them to go and play on the World Series for? Fiji, because. Uh, they love a goose and I just, I love offloading and they love offloading and it's great rugby to watch. Class. Love it. If you could go to any tournament in the world to play, where would it be? I'd love to go to America. I'd love to see a, a World Cup in America. Is there a World Cup? There is a World Cup in America. Yeah, I think they've got one of the ones coming up. Yeah. Yeah. So I'd, I'd love to play in a World Cup in America. Unreal. Um, if you could goose step one player, past or present, who would it be? Oh, David Campisi, because every so often that comes up. Who who actually invented the goose step? And then we can put that to bed. I'll go around him. Who's the, who's the real king? Well, there we go. It's proven. <laughs> if you could slot a winning conversion from any pitch in the world uh, from 67 metres, what, what pitch would it be? Ellis Park. For sure, just just seeing Joel Stransky slot slot that drop goal at Ellis Park, the atmosphere, what that meant to the country. I've got the 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 moment of Francois Pino and Nelson Mandela shaking hands and the trophy being passed over. I've got a painting of that in my house. Um, that moment means means so much to me. So yeah, that that would be the dream. Amazing. And then we always finish with one non rugby related question. But if there was a movie made about the rugby guy, who's going to be playing the main role of yourself? Denzel Washington. Great choice. <laughs> Denzel Washington. He's and the reason why I just think he's the greatest actor of all time. The goat. The goat the... of acting plays the goat of rugby. Uh, no, genuinely, he's he's one of those guys who, when a movie comes out, doesn't matter what the ratings are, I will always watch. We've all got an actor like that or an actress like that. As soon as that movie comes out, you've got to see it. And Denzel's my man. My man, yeah, it's from one of his films. <laughs> what about you two? Has, has anyone asked you back? Who, who would play you two? 
Uh, oh, I, I'd uh, take Jason Statham. We're pretty much uh, body doubles anyway. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, Jason Statham. I reckon Paul Rudd. <laughs> yeah, I see. I could, I could see it. Yeah, uh, better with age. You know, he's like aging like a fine wine. Yeah, I can, I can see it. Nice. Yeah, I, or, or maybe Chris Pratt for me. But then they'll probably all be fighting over who's gonna, who's gonna take the role. And Denzel is getting on, getting on a bit. So you'd need someone young, someone really fit, someone in great shape, great personality. So Chris Pratt would probably be, be another shout. He'd be right there. Yeah. love it mate well it's been an absolute pleasure to speak to you thoroughly enjoyed this Uh, great to get some insight from you and find out a little bit more about the rugby guy and and what makes you tick thank you so much for having me on Uh, I appreciate it and thanks for being my best friends no thank you for letting us be your best friends (laughs) (laughs) where can uh, people find you on socials if they haven't found you already on social media uh, if you haven't found me on social media then, and you support rugby, then what's wrong with you? Um, <laughs> <but>, uh, <laughs> no, if you, well, I'll start again. I'll start again. That's probably a little bit too much. Uh, oh, I love that. I actually love that. <laughs> <laughs> if you haven't found me on social already and you support rugby, then what's wrong with you? You, you sh- should know who I am. I'm one of the most famous faces in sport, let alone rugby. But if you don't, for some unknown reason that I'm the rugby guy on Instagram. Um, I'm the rugby guy official on TikTok, but if you type in the rugby guy, it'll be there. Do you know what? I hate it when someone puts official after their name and I did it in the early days because I never thought TikTok would take off. The rugby guy was taken. So I went the rugby guy official and now I have to live with that for the rest of my life. Yeah, I'm the same with uh, This Is Sevens on Instagram. Someone had it without anything in it and I asked to uh, asked to have it or buy it off her she's in China and she straight said no so um, mine looks like the fake account unfortunately <laughs> oh dear I, I had the underscore rugby underscore guy underscore and I tried to get it changed and we couldn't for ages and then Clive got in touch with Instagram he had an in at Instagram because there was already a, a, the rugby guy and I don't think if you're watching this, I'm really sorry, but I don't think they even contacted him. I think they just they just changed the names round. Oh, really? Maybe I need to do that then. So someone someone's woken up going, I did, but I think it was inactive. I think it hadn't been active for over a year. So okay. I think they just they, they took the name of them. So I was very lucky. I'm going to have to words with Clive because I was the same. I'm uh, oh, what a night, but underscore at the end. And I messaged the guy. I was like, oh, my website's oh, what a night. I'm just trying to align my brand. He went, no. I was like, yeah, fair dues. I'd say no as well. Just, oh, just or, no. Or did he say no? Or did he say, how much cash are you are you putting on the table here? <laughs> <laughs> a straight bat, no. So I have to get Clive on the case. Yeah. Well, that's it. Thanks for tuning in. Remember, give us a five-star review if you can and send that over to Luke and he will get you a running plan if you do send him a screenshot with a DM. But until next time, uh, thank you very much and Diochenval. Diochenval. Solange. <laughs>